Welcome to You're the Boss, a mantra for anyone who's ever had to face their own fears, struggles, and even failures. Join host Larry Roberts for a deep dive into overcoming limiting beliefs and identifying where our pasts can shape us rather than define us to build a lifestyle and business filled with passion and purposeful leadership. You're the Boss will bring you proven techniques and mind shifts to help you achieve your goals and build your best life. Now your host, Larry Roberts. Our guest is coming to us to talk about something that you know I love. It's content creation. And even beyond that, it's storytelling to help us make our content even more engaging, more interesting, and to help us reach more and more of our, our ideal audience and ideal clients. So Ben Worthen is CEO of Message Lab, an award-winning agency that combines journalism, data, and design to craft content and create experiences that get real results. Ben and his team help clients figure out how to tell stories that people actually want to hear. Ben developed his storytelling and investigative savvy, working as a journalist for 13 years, winning many national awards for news and feature writing. In 2007, he joined the Wall Street Journal, where he covered the tech industry and wrote more than 50 page one stories. Having studied how more than 1 million people engage with online content, Ben is the go-to expert when it comes to customer engagement and brand storytelling. Ben, welcome to the Readily Random Podcast. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, man. So talk to me a little bit about storytelling. What kind of stories do you have in store for us today? Hopefully a good one. That's that's the gist of it. Um, well, well, we'll see where the conversation goes, but I'll tell you, I think the thing that you know is foremost in my mind, and, and this is based on you know, my experience in the newsroom is, you know, just, just trying to figure out what it is that your audience cares about and making that more important than what it is that you want to say. Uh, we all have, you know, especially in the professional world of marketing and or business and so forth, things we want to get out into the world, things that we think are important. Uh, but you know, the thing that makes a great story is the person on the other side person who's listening, the person who's, who's, who's reading or watching. And is it something that is made for them and is it designed to make them care? And as a creator is your primary incentive, just trying to make them care. I think making them care and providing value. Do you, do you consider them synonymous? <laughs> That's a great, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Maybe, maybe making them care is a little flip perhaps, but, but let's focus on providing value you know, it, it sounds reductive. It sounds a little calculating, but it's the way that we oftentimes think about our work. And, and, and really for us, we're thinking in terms of time, you know, there's so much out there and, and, and like there's more content in the world than there's ever been. Oh, and yeah. it's so easy to find something different or new, you know, and, and you're, you're just a flick of the thumb away from science finding something that's more interesting. And so for us, we think about value in terms of like, did we make something that someone wants to spend time with? And, and the currency, the thing that we're asking for as, as creators is your time. And so, you know, are you choosing to spend time with the thing that we got in front of you, uh, that found you or that you found that we made, or are you, you know, 
clicking away somewhere else, you know, stopping, hitting stop and playing something else. Um, you know, that's, that's the currency. So to go back to the question of, can you care? I, I, yeah, I think, I think, I think so. That's, that's the, I think the best way to make someone decide to spend their time is to, is to make them care. Now, caring is obviously complex and it means lots of different things in a different moment. It's going to be care is going to manifest through different emotions. Did you make them laugh? Did you answer the question that they had? You know, different things, but yeah, maybe I'll stand by it. Maybe I'll stand by this idea that caring and value are, are vaguely synonymous. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mean to put you on the spot with that one. Sorry. It's just what came to me. So I thought I'd ask you and see what's going on. Tell me more about this, this studying 1 million content consumers. How, how did, how did that come about? And tell us more about that process. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a bit of an undercount, probably message lab, just to set the table a little bit, you know, as you were saying, we, we have a team of journalists and, you know, and, and designers and creatives. And, and a lot of what we do is just making stuff that, you know, to what we were just talking about, we hope people are going to care about. It's not, it's not advertising in the sense that like, you know, by product X it's, it's trying to find a story about a person or about something that someone's going to care about, put it in front of them. Now we all, everybody who's a content creator, hopefully at this point realizes that if you just make something and stick it on the web, you haven't really done anything. Hold on, uh, hold on, hold on. The, let, me, let me jump in there and I don't mean to cut you off, but this is such a critical, critical point. Are you trying to tell me that if I build it, they won't necessarily come? It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a shocking concept I realized in, in 2021, but yes, uh, it is the proverbial tree that is falling in the woods with to hear it um if you if you merely take something and, and, and put it online um you know usually you know it has to be findable it has to be promotable you know the work has just begun when you have something awesome you know it's, right it's the it's the it's the going out and and and, and being thoughtful about that you i mean frankly that you do before you make something what is its job? What is its purpose? How are we going to get it to people? Is it, you know, how are people going to find it or how is it going to find them? Uh, so those things are critical. And then, uh, you know, something that we pay a lot of attention to is uh, to this question about watching how people engage with content. Like what do they do when they get there? The, at the very beginning of message lab, you know, I think, I think it, I'm going to get all philosophical on you for a moment here, it's all right. but That's all right. you know, as a, as, as a person in the, so uh, companies, too often in my mind, think about people as customers. You know, you're someone who might buy something. And, and yeah, I might buy something from you, but like I might buy something from you once a year or, you know, five times a year or, or in these very limited small moments. And in, in, in the number of opportunities to have a conversation with me around the product that you're trying to sell is really rather limited. You know, maybe it's 5% of my time, 10% of your time. And if you look around the world though, 85% of the stuff coming our way, you know, is a pop-up ad or a TV ad or something like that is trying to sell us a product. And, and, and if you instead try to think about the people you're trying to reach as people, you know, it, all of a sudden you're opening up so many more moments where, where you could interact with them and you can interact with them around ideas. You could, you could interact with them around things that they're interested in uh, and that you're interested in that you as a company have, uh, you know, have some ideas about, have some thoughts about, you know, the things that you care about in the world. And, and so at the core, what we're trying to do is we're trying to make content that can help our clients 
interact with people, have meaningful interactions with people in those moments, in those non-sales moments uh, where we're just trying to entertain somebody or engage them or inform them or, or make them smarter or answer a problem that they have. And, and we believe fundamentally that if you do that, then, you know, more likely over time, someone's going to become a, more likely to become a customer or maybe become a better customer. Now, the obvious problem is that the, the stuff we're making is overtly designed if not to try to sell you. And most businesses are measuring, you know, whether something was effective or not by, do they then go around and buy? Sure. <laughs> you know, like, you know, well, the stuff we're making doesn't do that. So, so we can't, so even though we think that this is, this is a better experience for people and this is going to be better for you, it's, it's a hard for us to go in and say like, why don't you spend a huge amount of money making really cool stuff that's not going to sell anybody anything when you have other people saying like, or we just make a lot of coupons and see who clicks, you know? And, and, and so what we felt from the beginning of message lab was like, okay, well just shoot, if we're going to do this, we have to be able to connect the dots with data through what happens when somebody spends time, you know, seeing this cool stuff that we're making and over time, do they, do they end up buying something? Cause the hypothesis is that like, yeah, they're going to buy something. They're just not going to buy it. They're not going to be like, wow, that's an amazing article. Uh, let me, let me buy a boat, you know, <laughs> like it's not, you know, it's not going to happen. Right. So, so what we, what that caused us to do was rethink analytics because, because analytics meaning like Google analytics, the stuff that's on the backside of your website, that's sort of telling you how to do it the things that people have historically looked at and even frankly, the way analytics come out of the box don't really give us a good view of the questions that we're trying to answer with regards to how does engagement with an idea content translate into some sort of downstream action. So uh, how do you, know, how do you if, and I don't mean to cut you off, but yeah, yeah, it's okay. I, I'm just trying to jump in there. You're, you're doing great. <laughs> but but <laughs> uh, Questions keep popping up. I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, let me jump in there engagement. How do you look at engagement and what do we need to do as creators to take engagement into consideration? Uh, I, I love everything that you're saying. And it's even got me thinking along the lines of why we're seeing platforms like TikTok and why we're seeing mm -hmm. platforms like Instagram shifting to reels and uh, Facebook trying their damnedest to get stories to work. And everybody's moving towards this, this short form video type content. And I mean, even as podcasters, I see a lot of podcasters jumping ship from the traditional podcast, which is obviously audio only and, and distributed right. using an RSS feed, which is slightly archaic in and of itself, uh, and going to a more video based platform, you know, going on YouTube or wherever they're, 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 they're putting their videos. But that allows people to put themselves in a position to tell a story, to mm -hmm. emotionally relate to someone. You know, if you're watching a TikTok, I mean, I hate to say it, but my wife and I, we spend about an hour a night watching TikToks together. We grab the iPad, we sit there in bed, and we go through our favorite creators, and we're laughing at dog videos and this and that. But because we do that because it triggers an emotional response. You know, there's some couple creators that are on there, and they're hilarious. And, of course, they're telling stories in their talks that we can relate to that every relationship mm -hmm. can experience and relate to. And it draws out that emotion. It, it, it draws out, it evokes that response, that engagement that we're looking for. Are you seeing it to where businesses are starting to take advantage of that opportunity to tell those stories and evoke those emotions and then leverage those stories and emotions into clients? Yeah. Well, so I think, I think one of the things that we need to be clear on 
which is a funny pivot to make given the sort of emotional context of your question is what's the business model? You know, with, with TikTok and with Instagram and YouTube, all of these are ad based. And so what they're trying to do is they're trying to, you know, sort of keep you there, keep you on to that next one so they can show you more ads and make more money. The challenge for the people who are our clients is that, you know, there's no direct revenue attributed to the content in the sense that they're, they're not selling ads, you know? Um, and, and by the way, this is a huge opportunity because I don't know if you've ever seen like, you know, not like the stereotypical local or regional newspapers website, for instance, it's just a barrage of terrible interfering pop-up ads that mm -hmm. just create the, the worst possible experience you could ever have, you know, and they're doing that because they're just desperate for the ad revenue that comes from you being on the site for like half a second or something like right. that. Right. But if you think about what our clients are trying to do, they're trying to uh, essentially win your proverbial heart and mind. And, and I'm so sorry that I use that expression, but you know, the, you know, but that's the thing that we're trying to do. We're trying to make an impression. Right? We're trying, we're, and that takes time. And so what we tend to do is we look at time, you know, we look at, you know, did you, did you spend, did you spend enough of your time, you know, engaging with the thing that we put in front of you that we think that we were able to make an impression, let's say, and we typically use a minute, you know, if, if someone spends more than a minute, there's a lot of studies that show that they're more likely to believe what you said. We see through our data that people who spend more than a minute with your content are more likely to sign up for email. They're more likely to share. They're more likely to come back. So those things. And then we look at things like, are they coming back? You know, whether someone is more likely to come back and see your content over and over again seems to be like linearly correlated with, are they going to become a customer over time? Uh, and so the more often you can get someone to come back, the more likely they are to buy something from you at some point later on. Now, it, it sort of becomes this rabbit hole of asking yourself a question and looking to see what's valuable. So, but if you begin with this notion of like, how do we get someone to engage with our ideas? One of the things that we see is that most people won't. So even if you get them to the page, about half of people on average are going to leave before they read a word, if it's an article. Uh, and, and that's, and if you just think about it, what we look at is, you know, is this benchmark of 15 seconds, you know, and, it, and how many people, will stay on a page past 15 seconds. And it's like, again, you can control for this, you can manipulate it, but if you just were to sort of take a baseline average across those millions of, of people across our clients, like half of people don't stay for, for 15 seconds. And if you think about 15 seconds, it's like one, two, I'm waiting for the page to load, three, four, where am I? You know, am I like, do I end up on a page where I expect it to be? Four, five, does this place look cool or does it look horribly off-putting? You know, six, seven, oh, there's a headline, you know? And like, and you just can't even read the first sentence of an article. You know, maybe you can read like one or two sentences at most in 15 seconds. And so half of the people who are coming to your page are making a decision about whether to stay or not stay based on things that are totally totally just not that piece of content that you spend all the time working on. And, and, you know, and like we're recording this podcast and you've invested, you know, time or we're spending our time together. You've done, you know, homework, you've prepared everything ahead of time. We're, we're both like, you know, invested in this and we have, we have other clients where it's like, you know, we'll go off and we'll make really cool stuff that so many different people are spending energy and time and resources to create. And then you like, you stick it somewhere that isn't a great experience. And, 
and, and then maybe you're even paying money to promote it. Right. And like, and this is like, you're just throwing it out the door because you haven't thought about the experience of someone who's, who's coming in and consuming it and so forth. And so, you know, what we find is that there's things that you can do to control for that. You can get that rate higher based on actions that you take about being thoughtful about the experience that you're creating. You know, like, I think the thing that we see that's like the worst is the, like the wall of text, you know, which I know we've all seen, you know, that is like, it's just like this impenetrable fortress of words on a page cascading down. And it could be, I mean, it could be the best idea anybody has ever had. It could be the funniest thing you're ever going to read in your whole life, but you're just not going to start it. No, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. not a chance. If I'm on a forum or a bulletin board, yeah, I'm old enough totally. to call them a bulletin board, but if I'm on a forum and somebody writes a response, even to a question that I want to know about, and I'm hit with that big old wall of text, uh, I'll find it someplace else. Yeah, totally. So, you know, so a lot of it, honestly, is just thinking about, you know, I mean, it's, I guess it's that question that you were asking at the beginning, you know, how do you make someone care? Yeah. So often, how do you make someone care isn't just the story that you're telling, it's the experience that you're creating around it and, and how you're, and are, you, are you making it accessible to them? Are you, are you making it relevant to them? Are you making it easy for them, because again, this world, we're just bombarded by other opportunities to pay attention to something else. You know, if it's not ridiculously easy for me to pay attention to your thing, I'm going to go find something that is ridiculously easy for me to pay attention to. That's really interesting. And it's actually challenging. It's very totally. challenging as creators, because I mean, more and more people are catching on to this whole thing that we, we need to be engaging. So they're doing things in a way to be engaging with filters as they're creating content mm -hmm. and ridiculousness and 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 even if you look at Chappelle's latest uh, ep, uh his, his latest special uh controversial to say the least uh how how do we differentiate that man how do we look at our business model and go I think this may work for me as compared to that there's so many options and so yeah. many different paths to take how can we, is there some sort of internal checklist we could, we can make to go, Hey, this is where my clients are. This may or may not be the most engaging for them. How do we, how do we learn to trigger those emotional responses? Yeah, we've, so we've, we have increasingly had to wrestle, wrestle with this because there was a, a time really even not that long ago where we could just make something cool and it had a chance. And now that's not really enough, you know, exactly what you're describing. You know, you have to figure out something else. And so we try to do three things and it's like, you know, the, we try to hit the Venn diagram of these things. So firstly, um, just talk to people who are like the people who have the problem, you know, that, that you're trying to help, like who are you trying to reach? Okay. Let's just go out and, and talk to them about what they want or pay attention to what they're paying attention to. What are the needs that they have? Then it's what are the, like, what are the things, like, what are, what are we trying to communicate? You know, what, what's our unique point of view? What what's the value that we have to offer? That's true to us. That is going to be credible. That's going to feel authentic. You know, that's not going to be, you know, the, the, where we have permission to speak, let's say. And then increasingly we're looking for white space in the market because, you know, if, if our goal is to, to help, you know, to stand out, right. To get an audience, if we're just doing the same thing that somebody else is doing, even if we're doing it better, you know, it's not really enough to do something 5% better than somebody else. You have to figure out a, a white space. And, and so for us, that tends to increasingly be doing fewer things, but taking bigger swings. And, you know, sometimes it's, oh, well, there's a lot of podcasts, but no one's doing documentary style videos. 
you know, or you look honestly, a lot of the things that people aren't doing shockingly are high effort, <laughs> you know, and it doesn't necessarily weird. And it isn't, no, I know. How about that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, uh, and, it, and, and it's, uh, and it, and it's, and it's not so much that it, it has to, you know, high effort and high cost aren't always the same thing, you know, but, um, but things that require, you know, more reporting to go back to the journalistic stuff for a minute or or taking a bigger swing from a format or platform standpoint and and it doesn't necessarily mean that there's an appetite for somebody to fill that space but you know i think that's where we see the opportunities it's to you know i mean it's funny to say that because in part you know i think we feel like our our model is like the anti super bowl ad like the super bowl ad is like you you know you spend 10 dollars you've got one thing you know and, right. and we would say like if you're going to spend 10 million dollars make 10 million things you know and then and you don't know what's going to be like you don't know what podcast is going to be the best ever episode you know there's some serendipity involved there's some luck involved but sure. but, but you also then want to notice the trends you know and when and when your audience every time people engage with something it's feedback for you and so you should be testing and learning and you know trying new things and sort of the nature of experimentation is that some of them will fail you know but if you're failing fast and you're failing cheap and if you're using every failure as an opportunity to learn something then that's really good is this is our failing so so we are very much sort of philosophically in the camp of do lots of things and test and learn and see what's working and do more of the good stuff but increasingly even within that methodology our recommendations are like do the thing that's more effortful because it's more special and it's going to help you stand out see and, and that that actually talks to me specifically i've been on a tangent the last few weeks talking about creating content that stands out in a sea of and i may even step on a few toes here of what i call mediocrity yeah. As you mentioned, a lot of people are taking the quick and easy route as compared to taking the, the more labor intensive route to put out higher quality content. So mm -hmm. I guess that's my question is today, you know, we, we always hear just create, just create. Everybody likes that raw, that emotion, just on the fly content creation. However, now what I'm seeing is just it's a deluge. It, it's just there's just it's it's everywhere and it's most mm -hmm. of it's garbage. It really is. And I think everybody's creating this this content in an effort to be that raw, that authentic self and put it out there. But are you seeing, because I could be totally wrong here, but are you seeing a potential shift or are you seeing a potential opportunity for those that do put in the work, that do take their content creation to the next level to stand out a bit in this sea of, of we'll say it again, sea of mediocrity? I think so. You know, I think I think the whole notion of do that, you know, quick, dirty thing and hopefully have a virality is nice. And obviously everybody is familiar with those huge, successful viral videos or whatever sure. it is. But like, but you know, you know how many videos there are that did go viral of like some guy on a skateboard drinking cranberry juice that just like nobody saw. You know? Exactly. And, and how many people know, tried to recreate that after the yeah. fact, right? Go, oh, uh, two people. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so I think it's a, I mean, you can catch, I mean, sure that those moments happen, but it's almost like winning the lottery. And, and I think, you know, our, our philosophy is, is more like, you know, I'm going to use a dirty word here, but planning, you know, um, Stop it. if you, I know it, you know, it's like, you know, and it's like, like, like I, I, I'm like, you know, maybe even having a strategy like, Ooh, you know, but like, 
you know, but, but doing the work up front to understand like, okay, well, where's the opportunity? What does the audience want? And then also thinking about like what would be very intentional about what you're making. You know, like one of, one of my colleagues will always say every piece of content has to have a job. And, and that means that you've thought about like, what are you trying to say with this? What's its reason for being from a, like, why does this story need to exist? But it also means you know, what is it, what is its role in terms of like how people are going to find it? You know, so for instance, things that perform really well in search and things that perform really well in social usually aren't the same kinds of things. You know, you have different people, you know, on search, the things that perform really well are someone typing in the problem that they have, Exactly. you know, and it's like, how do I fix my refrigerator? You know, I type that into Google and I'm going to get a good cool piece of content about that. But like, I'm not tweeting it. Right, know? right. I'll just have this kick-ass um, video of this yeah, refrigerator totally. repairman. Like this guy repaired, repaired yeah. his refrigerator, right? Like, you These know, coils um, are next level. Yeah, right, exactly. You know, and then like, and, and similarly, like, you know, I might see an amazing photograph of the sunset or something like that. And that's the kind of thing that I might share. Um, but I'm not like going to Google and being like amazing photos of the sunset. You know, it's like a different mode, it's a different thing. And so, you know, if you know, just, and this is just like a, one example of 50, but if you know, like, okay, yeah, we expect people to find this by searching, you're going to make something different than if you want something that someone's going to share, you know, in the, in the core idea, the core story might even be the same, but the creative output is going to be different based on figuring out how does this fit. And then there's other questions too, like, okay, well, what does someone do after they spend time with this? You know, is there another thing that we can put in front of them they're going to find valuable whether it's another story or or if it's a business do we want them to sign up you know for a newsletter or something like that subscribe like and how do we account for that you know i mean being able to to not just get someone like getting someone's attention once is really really hard Mm -hmm. um and if we've succeeded in getting their attention and they are telling us with their behavior that they like what we're doing like shame on us if we aren't figuring out a way to get them to sign up for our email or subscribe so they can come back and do it again. Sure. And and, I mean, that's a key component, even in the, in the YouTube, YouTube algorithm. I mean, if you're a YouTube creator, I mean, one of your stats is return viewers and that's weighted Mm -hmm. very heavily because they put a lot of emphasis on you creating content. That's not going to get them that one time, but get them to return time and time again to consume more and more of your content. And I, I don't think you can do that without significant planning. Totally. Totally. It has to be, you have to understand what are the things that get people to come back? You know, what are the, what are the topics that resonate with people? What are the ideas that resonate with people? I mean, one of the things that we really find interesting is trying to do segmentation around audiences and just, you know, we're, again, I'm going to be nerdy here, but we're, we like tagging stuff. So we know what things are about and, and just trying to be able to answer the question, you know, like what people care about, what ideas, and topics, you know, or what people gravitate to what kinds of formats. And then, you know, and that's really helpful diagnostically to us as creators to be able to say like, oh, awesome. Topic A is killing it with, with these people. Let's make more stuff on topic A. What, can sure. we, what, what, what ideas do we have for topic A? So I like to, cre- to provide at least something actionable in every episode, if I possibly can. So if someone's listening right now, they're fairly new to the whole content creation gig. They're more of a consumer than a creator, Mm -hmm. but they see there's value in creating content for their business. What would be in, in, in your mind, one of the first things or two things they could do to really start putting together a solid content creation plan? 
So the first thing I'd say is just, if you're really talking about someone who's never done it before, the things that you can make that are going to be most successful in terms of reaching people and engaging them around our ideas. And we use the metaphor of an idea store. So like you have your store of products, but if there was something that was a companion, that was an idea store where the shelves were metaphorically stocked with all of your different ideas, you know, what, what does your store look like? You know, what are the things, what are the ideas that you're selling? What are the things we can come in for? And, and if you're just trying to figure out what to say for us, that's a really good place. You know, stock those shelves. Each item can be a piece of content. If you'll allow me to extend the metaphor a little bit further. Sure. The, I would say, you know, running a store is actually more than just having a whole warehouse full of products. It's also thinking about the experience of a customer. It's thinking about, you know, what do those shelves look like? Uh, what is the arrangement of them and things like that? And, and, you know, and when we think about, you know, maturity with content, like the first thing is just like, can you just make something and get it on the web? That can be hard for an individual. It can be hard for a business, but then can you do so with purpose? You know, what is, is everything that you're making, does it have a job? You know, is it, are the, are the arrangements of the pieces of content that you're making purposeful, you know, in the sense that you have your grocery rail over here and your, you know, your, your dairy products over here. And then, and then, you know, I think we would say, have be thoughtful about the experience, you know, to go back to that, that part we were talking about at the beginning, you know, don't do the wall of text, you know, figure out a way to, to make it consumable because if all you're looking at is the number of page views, the number of people who come, you know, for the first time, what you're not, the question you're not answering is, do people find it valuable? Do people engage? Do people spend time with it? Because, you know, you could get, you, it's, it's, if you have money, it's not hard to get a million people to a page, you know, you just spend ads, you get sure. them there. The, you know, the question is, it's hard to get people to spend time. It's hard to get people to pay attention and so forth. And so, you know, those other things that aren't the idea that aren't the piece of content, but are the experience that you're creating around it, the entry points that you're making, the, the, you know, being thoughtful about how it looks and how it feels, all of the heuristics that people are going to use to, you know, the, the decision of, should I spend time with this? Even if time is measured in like one minute or two minute, it's sort of a hard question to answer. So you have to instead give them cues like, this looks really cool, <laughs> you know, or, or there's a lot of, oh boy, luckily there's like a bunch of subheads in here, or there's a cool video, or there's a, this is a cool image, you know, and, and if you're just, and if it's just doing that, you're going to get such better results. Just think about the, the overall experience that you're creating and what someone who is coming in, what their experience is like when they see it. And if you can have that sort of thoughtfulness around that experience, I think you're going to be in much, much better shape and you'll get, you know, people won't just come, they'll come and spend time. So do you, you think it's important, especially here we are living in this post-apocalyptic world of the ma most massive Facebook downtime uh, in the mm -hmm. history of, of the platform. I think some lessons can definitely be learned from that experience that almost, how long was it out? I don't know, uh, eight, 10 hours, something like that. And so many people were frozen in time without Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp being up and being able to run their businesses is, is there a lesson there that we should take away from that? Uh, like creating our own community, creating our own engaging content on our own sites, because it seemed like for a while we kind of lost sight of that. 
mean, yeah, we had a website, but yeah, we have a website. Just because we got to have a website. But it really wasn't our key focus because we're so busy creating content on all these other platforms. Do you think that's a signal for us to, hey, wake up and let's, let's, let's tend to our own backyard for a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I, so often the answer to these things is both and and, and I think this is one of those categories where that's the case. Uh, we have a strong bias to having a place that you have control over, which is just going to be your site, you know, and, and, and the reasons for it are you can control that experience. You know, if I'm putting something in Facebook, I don't control what Facebook looks and feels like. I obviously don't control whether Facebook is down. And, and I'm not in charge of, you know, Facebook is deciding what you see next, you know, sure. um, or, or the YouTube algorithm is deciding what you see next. And so if I have my own place, then, you know, I'm able, there's so much more that I can control. I can, I can have CTAs, you know, to, to various things, calls to action, opportunities for you to click, you know, I can, I can, you know, create what I believe is a better experience for the audience that I have, you know, which of course is going to be different for all kinds of different audiences. Uh, data is another thing, you know, the kind of data that you can get from your own property is vastly superior to what you're going to be able to pull off of, you know, you're just going to get the metrics that Facebook tells you is important off of Facebook, whereas you can decide, you know, you can do more inquiry there. Now that's not to say that, having a presence in Facebook and on LinkedIn and in Twitter and in whatever, all these other places isn't important. It is right. sort of valuable. And, 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 and also like having a social handle whose sole purpose is to try to drive people to a content hub that you own and operate is also not a good idea. Like that's not good. You need to have a, you know, <laughs> you need, like, like sure. Give people links. People will, you can get people there, but like, you know, use those channels for what they are. People are going through there looking to have experiences native in the platform and lean into it. You know, don't, those experiences are good too, but it's, so, so, so it is an and, but yeah, we're, we're strong, strong proponents of, of having your own place. But again, you're then creating a challenge for yourself of how do I get people there? Right. So do we also need to potentially focus on one or two platforms or should we do everything in our power to be everywhere? Or, or do we find ourselves being, instead of being everywhere, and eh, we're really kind of nowhere because we're not focusing right. our efforts in one area? Yeah, that's the challenge with being everywhere, right? Is that you're really, you're really nowhere. I, I think it depends on your audience and who you're trying to reach and how you're trying to reach them. I mean, if you're a B2B company that is trying to reach you know, heads of HR at a thousand person companies, like you know, beyond LinkedIn, sure. you know, sure. <laughs> you know? Um, and if you're trying to, you know, if you're, if you're trying to reach ukulele fans, like beyond Facebook, you know, I mean, these, <laughs> there's a, there's a, I, no, I mean, this is my, I mean, it's, it's, it's silly and reductive, but I think, you know, you have to have like, you know, the way you, the way you use each of these platforms is actually a little bit different. Sure. And, and, and who, how, and, and what people's expectations of those platforms are is a little bit different and, and how they'll behave is a little bit different. And, and, and I think it's just helpful to, to just think, well, what are we trying to learn or who do we want to reach? How do we know for reaching them and where are they? And those um, heads of HR are probably on Facebook, but you're not going to really be able to, they're not clustered, you know, on right. Facebook. And so you don't necessarily have a mechanism for knowing that you've reached those people there. I mean, there's some very complicated retargeting stuff that you can do, but like, 
you know, let's, let's save that for after this decision about which of the black. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a whole nother conversation getting into that Avenue. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's valuable. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. They're, mm-hmm. they're struggling with the whole concept of, uh, of where to be and how to be there and how to be everywhere and how to be effective. I mean, I'm horrible at Instagram. I, I don't know mm-hmm. how many times I have gone on Instagram and go, all right, I'm here. I'm, I'm going to start doing this. I'm going I'm to be more regular and hire an Instagram designer with all my little icon. I don't even know much about Instagram. I just watched a video last night on how to create reels. Cause I'm like, all right, I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to do reels. I'm going to do reels. This is going to work. I know it is, but I <laughs> dude, every time I try, you know, I'm much more comfortable on Facebook and on LinkedIn. That, that's, yeah. that's those two are my jam, depending on who I'm talking to and who I'm trying to reach. So I, I can appreciate that, but it can be intimidating, especially for us, us okay boomers here that are trying to fit in and trying to play this content creation game and make an impact in that arena mm-hmm. uh, and, and trying to make those informed decisions as to where we should do it and where we should focus our efforts. So Yeah, and the other thing too is there's nothing wrong with experimenting, but you know, and maybe, and that's probably the easiest thing is, you know, pick one and start and just make a effort to do it. Try to, you know, know you're not going to get it right, right away, but try to see what are the things that are successful? What are the things on that platform that are working? And if you're getting better, if it's improving, if it's doing more for you over a period of time then stick with it. And if it's not, then yeah, let it go and try the next thing. You know, maybe that's easier, especially if, you know, we're all human, we're all limited, you know, and without, you know, staffs of 20 people who are, you know, manufacturing our social presences for us, they have to make choices. So that, that that's a, that's one approach that could work pretty well. Definitely. Well, ben, this has been really insightful. It's, it's been, uh, I enjoy talking to people like you because it, it speaks to me. I, I love telling stories. I, I love creating content and having somebody like you with your background, especially to come in and share your experience and your position in the space. It's, it's a tremendous opportunity and I can't thank you enough. So before we get out of here though, tell everybody where they can find out more information about you. Tell us a little bit more about message lab and where they can go check out what message lab is all about. And then we'll wrap this thing up. Yeah. Thanks. So we're at messagelab.com or you can just type message lab into Google and we'll show up. And we are a content agency. So we work with, you know, organizations, you know, businesses or nonprofits to help them figure out how to talk in a way that's going to, you know, engage the people that they're trying to reach and then how to do it effectively. So how to do it, it's, whether that's at scale or whether it's, you know, correlating that with some sort of downstream outcome, reaching the people, not just making the stuff. And uh, so we'll bring some of those things we were talking about before, journalism, design, data analytics, audience growth, strategy, ops, you know, sometimes, organizationally it can be really hard to do all these things. And so the change management component of it uh, comes into play. And so we just have a lot of experience working with organizations of all sizes, um, you know, doing that work. Very cool. Very cool. Well, once again, I want to thank you for joining me. It was very insightful and I appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. You've just listened to you're the boss with Larry Roberts. Join us for our next episode where we help you achieve your goals and live your absolute best life. Be sure to subscribe, connect, and share. Until next time, remember, you're the boss.